Guess who's back? Back again. My bookie's back. Tell a friend. That's right, DJs. Proud to say that we're once again being brought to you by my bookie. But just because they weren't paying us doesn't mean we haven't been giving them some love. I still use my bookie to this date, and you should too. Why? Because March is about to get crazy. Insane. Maybe even a little mad. If you're still on the hunt for a sportsbook to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to 25,000 big ones, or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now, take advantage of their generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is use the promo code DEGENS, that's D-E-G-E-N-S, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, anywhere. Use the promo code DEGENS to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and I've got James. What's going on, James? Nothing much, mate. Obviously, we're used to, well, every Friday, but now we're having recording every couple of days so it's good to be back after UFC 251 so again I apologize Arch you have to listen to me again but you know here we are <laughs> man I'm willing to listen to you now because after yeah. after 251 you had probably one of the most profitable days we've ever had on, on the podcast ever mm. you made about just as a flat better if you were just throwing a yeah. hundred bucks on all your predictions 1450 well, obviously, from the UK standpoint, I, I, I have no idea as to whether or not that good that, that was good. But over in, um, obviously, what you said on Facebook, you said I had a good day at the office. So, so I'd say I'll take that. <laughs> okay, let's see. British pound sterling to American dollars. I'll tell you real quick. I'll tell yeah. you real quick. 1,160 pounds. That's not bad. That is not bad. <laughs> I'll give myself a pat on the back on that one. There you go. There you go. Yeah. See, for, for all of those that took my advice, I mean, I'm, I hope you've, uh, I hope you've uh, certainly cashed that one out and got some good money out of this weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can go again on Wednesday, but yeah, Jesus, I didn't know I had that good of a weekend. Oh yeah, it was a very, very good yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. So because I looked at it after, Christ, I looked at it the morning after, and then I realised I got the literally over half, if not the majority, of my predictions right, and I was just yeah, um, yeah. No, I was buzzing. Hopefully, like I said, those took my advice. You know, I've got a good payday. Yeah, and even when you were wrong in your prediction. Like wrong in your bets, your your overall prediction was kind of right still. Like Davy Graham won, but he didn't go somehow. No. It didn't go to this de- decision. Things like that. So. No, yeah. 
I think I picked all the 13 fighters right. So, again, uh, I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Not bad. So, what are you going to do for a follow-up, man? <sighs> I, I, I don't know. This is this is very unpredictable. I don't know if I'll live up to the hype over from this weekend, but I'm willing to try my best. <laughs> you, you never know. Um, yeah. Again, hopefully I will win you some money and... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll go again. We've got a good got, for for a Wednesday card. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. to be honest. So it's all right. What would you say? Rubbish? Rubbish? No, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say it's rubbish. Just from the fact that I'm from the uh, UK, and right now I've got my uh, my uh, retro England top on because I know a lot of the uh, Brits are fighting tomorrow. So I'm going to be back in the boys and all the women that fighting tomorrow from England. Oh, there you go. I like it. All right, let's let's do what we do, man. Let's start at the top. Mm. Uh, Calvin Cater versus Danny Gay, the main event. It's it's a bit of a weird one because uh, it's a good, it's a good matchup on paper. They're, they're two explosive fighters, but for Calvin Cater, makes no sense at all. Like he's high up in the rankings, he's in with a shot at the title. I mean, I guess the other featherweights above him have got fights, but but. Danny Gay, I think he's coming off of a split decision win to um, over Barboza, controversial, but oh. he deserved some sort of he deserved a better opponent in terms of the rankings. But Calvin Gator, I mean, I don't know why I wanted to take Danny Gay because it just it just doesn't make sense from on paper. But I guess he wants to stay active. Um, I believe Egay is looking to collect his seventh straight win and obviously get, move himself closer to a title shot and obviously a win over Cater will put him certainly in the mix. Uh, this, I, I, I have uh, obviously slaughtered this event, but however, on paper, stylistically, it's it's a great matchup. I mean, Cater on the attack, on the offence, as you call it, he averages a, a fair few significant strikes a minute and he's got great conditioning cardio that will last him for the whole 25 minutes. And I'm looking forward to seeing him fight. I mean, he lost, oh, it wasn't his last fight, it was the fight before to Zabit uh, Magomed Sheripov, where he struggled against Zabit in the first two rounds, but in the third round, sort of Cater came to life, but by then it was too late. And I think with Cater, at times he starts off very slowly, but... I mean, the power he's got in his hand, he's, he is just absolutely explosive at times. And I think the same goes for Ige. I mean, he, he first burst onto the scene in the Contender Series in 2017. I think he lost in his debut. But with that being said, I think he's unbeaten since. So he's the same with Cater. He lands a lot of significant strikes a minute. Uh, he can mix it up. He's, he doesn't mind grappling. He's got a decent high-level grappling, and, but his striking is, is more his bread and butter, the same with Cater. And I think yeah. for 25 minutes, I think we're in for a good scrap, really. And, um, is it going to go 25 ooh. minutes? It could do. I, it could, I'm, I'm leaning towards... I, I, I can see it going to the full 25 minutes. But I'm going for a, a cater stoppage in the fourth. Taking cater, yeah. Oh, okay. Does that does that surprise you? <laughs> yeah. Really? Okay, so cater opened up plus two and a quarter, two twenty five. He's plus yeah. two fifty now. Dan opened up minus two seventy four. He's minus three oh nine now. So it looks like he's getting some love here. He opened up mm. as a pretty decent favorite, and it's just gotten more favorite since then. 
He's uh yeah. yeah, he's gotten 35 cents worse. So, hmm. I like it though. I like it. I I give you shit for not taking enough underdogs and here we go. <laughs> no, I mean, obviously the one thing you got to respect with uh, both fighters, I mean, they're both pretty active. They're both wanting to stay fit now and obviously Danny, yeah, I think what's leaning people towards Ben in his corner is that he's I think he's seven unbeaten and he's just he's very active right now and I think he's he's eager to get to the top. But I think with Cater they're, they're they're both two explosive fighters, but is this too soon for Ige to be fighting a high ranked guy like Cater? I don't know. But I I'm back in Calvin for this one. Okay. Calvin in the fourth. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So Dan Ige is the favorite to win the fight, it looks like. Yeah. Let's make sure. No, I think I screwed that up. I think I got a mix mi- mixed up a little bit. I think I got a mixed up. Yeah, my, ta- my table didn't import like I wanted it to. Damn it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Flip-flop what I just said. Motherfucker. <laughs> Ige is the doll. Flip-flop that. Yeah. God damn it. Well, it's all automated, so I'm, I try not to have to do any work. I try and click a button no. that just says update now Excel, and sometimes the table gets a little a little weird. Blame the yeah. computer. Yeah, that's exactly right. Flip-flop. It's just like blaming the judges in UFC, which is what you were doing oh, Saturday night. Yeah, don't get me started. All right, so yes, Cater is the favorite. Yes. He's the minus 309. Mm. There we mm. go. I was surprised. <laughs> now, the world is making sense now. Mm. Okay. So, there we go. Now we got it. We're correct now. Okay, so Cater, to win by submission, TKO, you know, whatever, minus 120. So that makes, yeah. that makes a lot more sense now. <laughs> and here's the interesting thing it starts at the round the fight will end in the in the first round plus 400 yeah and then it just gets worse and worse plus 500 in the second round plus 750 in the third plus 1000 in the fourth <laughs> holy hell man if you hit that if you hit that <laughs> ooh, that's gonna be nice <laughs> yeah i mean we're gonna i'm gonna jinx it now so but no, I'm, I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going for a K2 to the fork. I mean, yeah. Okay. It's, it's, but yeah, you never know. So uh, let's move on. Co okay, mate, this is, this is a bit of a weird one. Tim Elliott versus Ryan uh, Benoit. Uh, Tim Elliott, I think he's the slight favorite going into this one, but he's on a three fight losing streak. And he's, I don't think he's, he hasn't won since 2016 at the top of my head, but. Oh. Uh, was it Ryan Benoit? They call him Babyface. He hasn't particularly set the UFC low again with him. I think his last fight was in December, and I think he's one and two in his last two fights. So he's not the best of runs either. And with Elliot, he's, he's I'm not his biggest fan. I mean, he's such a weird fighter. He's always switching stances. He's always striking unnecessarily. Like he's just. He's, he's constantly bouncing around and switching where he, he just doesn't have that set stance, that set game plan. He's always mixing it up. His main sort of attack is his grappling. Um, I think with his takedowns, he averages uh, decent takedowns for a flow rate. I think he averages about four takedowns in 15 minutes. So it's not bad, but it's obviously not great. But grappling and takedown sort of offenses. Bread and butter. I think with Elliot, 
he uses a lot of energy searching and trying for the takedowns. And if he doesn't get the takedowns, he's sort of vulnerable standing, which obviously leads to a finish from his opponent. But with Benoit, he started, he started all right early on in his career. He's got tremendous power and he does land a lot of significant strikes. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a clash up in matches, uh, match styles, really. I think... Whereas Elliot's striking is not the best, but on the other hand, Benoit's takedown defence is not the best. So if Elliot manages to get him down early on, then, you know, it'll be a tough day at the office for Benoit. And it's, it's a tough one because they're both not on the best of runs at the moment. I mean, it's hard to back either fighter, but obviously Elliot hasn't won since 2016, but I'm, oh, I don't know. I'm backing him to get a job done by a decision with this one. Okay. Elliot confirmed here Elliot is minus 120 he opened yeah. up minus 126 right around there mm. he shifted mm-hmm. down to one minus 120 not a big deal uh, Benoit opened up plus 110 he's plus 105 now so yeah. he's gotten five cents better so I mean, maybe a little bit of money coming in on him mm. not, not much to speak of it's a pretty even fight yeah. though as far as I can tell stats wise I mean I'd give it to Tim Elliott no doubt but yeah yeah but you know it's they're oddly close. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because, like I said, they're both in desperate need of a win. They're not in great in a great run of form right now. So, an either win free the fight will do them some bits. But again, this isn't an outstanding fight on paper. But you know, if Elliot can successfully take down Benoit early on and just grind out for fifteen, then maybe we'll see the fin- uh, decision victory for Elliot. You think it goes to the cards? Or to yeah, the I judges? Think to, I think it'll go to the judges in this one. Decision. Let's see. Let's let's look. Uh, decision. Tim Elliott plus one eighty seven. That makes mm. that makes sense. He's plus three thirty three to submission or KO Benoit. Mm. All right. Got you in. Let's see. Goes to the points. Tim Elliott wins by points plus one eighty seven. There's okay. Nothing shocking. <laughs> All right. Got you in. No stuff. You ready to move on, mate? Yeah, let's do it. I'm I'm not going to bet this one. Personally, no, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of this one either. But the next one, uh, Jimmy Rivera versus Cody Stamen. It's oh, this is this is an interesting one as well. I think back in the day, Rivera went on such a decent run. He's one, he was one fight away from the uh title mm-hmm. from a title shot. He, he was on a good form, but I think on his last four fights, he's dropped. And I think he's lost three out of his four last fights at the top of my head but you know don't get me wrong they were all to you know high level opponents so obviously Aljamain Sterling who's probably going to fight for the belt next and Patty Yarn who's <laughs> who's the current champion so take nothing away I mean Rivera's had some tough challenges over recent times so you know you can't really fault him on that sort of aspect and I think with Rivera he cannot sort of compete on the mat his best bet is to sort of look for the striking and keep the fight standing because I think at the top of my head uh, he's managed to land two takedowns in his nine UFC fights so far so says a lot really I think like I said his striking is his bread and butter he's capable of standing and trading with his opponents but he doesn't have the best of power but 
his striking is his bread and butter. And I think he's got tremendous footwork that just obviously allows him the opportunity to look for the strikes and mix it up with the leg kicks and try and avoid damage. But Stamen, on the other hand, he's coming off of a victory over Brian Keller, uh, which was a very big win for him. Uh, he's on a he's on a good run of form right now. I think he's two and one, but obviously that one was a draw, it wasn't a defeat. I think it was to Dong Yong, so no Song Yadong, excuse me. And I think fought Brian Keller, I believe it was last month. So he's on a decent vein of form right now. He's very active. Stamen's best bet is to sort of lean towards the takedowns. I think he averages a fair few over the 15 minutes he competes. So he, he lands a fair amount of takedowns. I think with Stamen, he's got to land the takedown in order to win the fight. He cannot sort of keep the fight standing. Yeah, he does. Opinion. You're right. Uh, 3.34 takedowns per 15. Mm. You're right. But you know, on the flip side, Rivera has a 95% takedown defense. Yeah, so it's obviously going to be very hard to very take it tough, down. Yeah. So, like I said, if Rivera keeps the fight standing, then it might be able to be a case of Rivera picking Stamen apart. And it, it doesn't bode well for Stamen. Obviously, he's a more active fighter, but I'm going for a Rivera decision with this one. I, I think it'll be tough to get Rivera down because Rivera's fought some decent guys over the past few years, but obviously hasn't mm-hmm. gone his way. But this is a perfect comeback fight for him to put his name back on the map. So yeah, I'm going for Rivera by decision. Rivera by decision. Well, let's see. Let's look at the overall Rivera. It's kind of been glued. Opened up minus mm-hmm. 138. He is minus 138 now. Stamen opened up plus 120. He is plus 120 now. So however the money's coming in, Vegas apparently is perfectly happy just to <laughs> keep it coming in exactly like it's coming in. So, so, yeah, let's see. Uh, Rivera wins uh, by decision, plus 125. Hmm. Man, it's tough. I was leaning, I wrote down here, lean Stamen, but it's too close to bet for me. Because, hmm. man, yeah, the, pretty good fight between the two on paper. I mean, not, maybe not a great fight, but uh, equally match up, these guys are. So, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm still going to lean Stamen. I'm not going to bet this one. No, no, no. I, I don't blame you at all. It's a tough one to score on, obviously. If, it's the same sort of situation with the Elliot Benoit fight. If Stamen, obviously, Rivera has a good defense on, with regards to yeah. the takedown. If yeah. Stamen does manage to take him down and frustrate him on the floor, then maybe we can get in by a decision. But it's, it's a tough one. I mean, I'm leaning towards Jimmy Rivera, but again, mm-hmm. it's one of those fights where it's just up in the air. That's cool. That's why you're the expert. I'm just the guy. You know, push, pushing <laughs> buttons. All right. Here we go. Molly McCann, your girl. Yes. The first English woman on the card. I think the first Brit on the card. I'm very looking forward to it. Um, I think this is a sort of big break in the UFC. She certainly deserved it. She set the Cage Warriors promotion alight and she got given a chance in the UFC. She's 3 and 1 in the UFC, I believe, at the top of my head. So. She lost in the debut, but I think the, the three of her wins have come via a decision. And she's she's predominantly a striker that tends to land a lot of significant strikes per round. And she's not, she's not afraid to take the fight to the floor. But if you see Monica McCann's fight, she's just a true warrior on the the, the 
the feet and in terms of standing she just loves a good scrap she tends to struggle with the defense but again she's happy to take it to the floor and I think her last fight was I can't remember I think it was her last fight was in October I believe when she defeated probably going to bottle this one Diana Belbita by decision whereas with Santos she's she's certainly going to provide a tough test for Molly McCann she's 15 and 1 in the US uh, MMA MMA yeah MMA sorry Uh, she lost in a UFC debut and that was her only UFC fight and I think that was via the split decision so it was pretty close. Um, she's been inactive recently. That fight was in February 2019. She had a bit yeah. of a layoff by her injuries to a wrist, etc., etc. So, could ring rust play a factor? You, you never know. But it's a tough one. You know, toe to toe, standing. I think Molly McCown loves to trade with you. Uh, whereas with Talia, she likes to mix it up. She's she's a bit of a knockout specialist herself. I think 10 out of 15 have come by a form of knockout. So I think at this point, it's going to be a case of whose striking is better, but Santos's grappling shouldn't be overlooked. She's all right on the, the mat. So this is this is going to be a tough one. I think it's going to be a case of who can outland who and, who's, and that sort of aspect and who's got the better striking. Oh, it, it's a tough one. I've got about I've got about the scouts in this one. I've got about Molly McCann by decision. Is that is that what you think, or is that being a homer? <laughs> you know, that could be the sort of English bias coming into yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. we'll let that one slide. <laughs> All right, I don't know. This one opened up minus one ten both sides, mm. and then uh, McCann started to pull away. She's minus one twenty six now. Santos is plus one ten. Hmm. Man, even fight. I don't have enough data on Santos to even really, in the UFC, make an educated guess here. I'm following you. So yeah. McCann, what is it? Decision? McCann via decision, yep. Plus 110. I like that. I'm just looking at average fight times. Santos' yeah, yeah. average fight time is 15 minutes. Mm. McCann's average fight time is 13 minutes. Hmm. So no, hopefully, yeah. Like to go the decision, yeah. So hopefully they can hopefully just hang on. Hopefully <laughs> Santos can just hang on for that extra two minutes, and then it'll be a decision. Yeah, obviously knowing the judges, you, you, we never know in these day and age. Don't. You're still mad about that. Aren't you? You're still mad. Yeah, I'm still slightly pissed. Excuse my language over that decision. That's okay. <laughs> but, Doesn't that mean drunk? Uh, yeah, yeah. Pissed means obviously drunk or frustrated yeah. it, it has a couple of connotations oh, okay. behind it. Okay. <laughs> which fight were you or which fight are you still fuming about it was obviously the volkanovsky max holloway fight. i mean obviously don't get me wrong it wasn't a daylight robbery but i don't get how you could score it to volkanovsky it's just it is it literally i scratched my head because uh holloway clearly won the first two rounds he was let's you know, the Holloway of old, he was looking in good shape. Mm-hmm. And the third round, I would have given it to Holloway, but towards the end, Volkanovski started to get his shit together and sort of pick Holloway apart. And yeah. maybe the judges thought, you know what, Volkanovski for the last minute, he started to put the pressure on, but we might give that one to Volkanovski because he's well, the champion. All three, all three gave Holloway. it to Volkanovski in the third, which was surprising to me. I, I, I don't get it. Whereas the fourth and the fifth round, I think Hulk, uh, Volkanovski edged it, but like I think you said, one of the judges gave it to Holloway in the fifth. So yeah. 
it's, it's, it's crazy. It's just, the judging system is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I've been burned a few times by the judges. So, <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, we got that out of our systems. We can move on. <laughs> we can move on to Abdul Razak Al Hassan versus, um, oh, Christ, Munir Lazez. I think that's the final fight in the main card. Um, this is this is this is a good matchup. I think I'm liking I'm I'm liking this this fight. Um, Al Hassan, I don't think he's he hasn't fought as frequently as he should. I don't think he's fought in a while. He's it's, it's, it's a tough one. I think with um, Al Hassan, he's got a lot of power in those hands. I think a lot of his fights have ended in the first round. I think 10 of his fights have ended in the first round via a decision, uh, not a decision, sorry, via a form of knockout. Um, the only time it hasn't gone past first round was his first loss of his career, and that was to Omari Ahmedov. So make of that as you will. Whereas with Al Hassan, he likes to sort of fire, he likes to go out guns blazing, likes to fire the heavy shots first which is sort of, it, it could leave him exposed, but yeah, you never know. I think he likes to go out early and his last three have come by wins. So via finish. So it's, it's, it, he's a good, on paper, he's, he's good to put your money on. Whereas with Lazez, I think, oof, it's, it's certainly a tough one. Uh, he, he, he's, he's, he's similar to Al Hassan in a way. He's very quick. I, I don't think off the top of my head, I don't think he's got the, experience over Al Hassan but he's very quick he's really fast and accurate with the striking so believe me when I say this <laughs> I don't think this fight is going to last the full distance I think we'll see a knockout because they're both very quick off the blocks they're very predominantly equipped striker, strikers and I think ooh, I'm going for an Al Hassan via knockout what decision? Oh, I'm going for second round. Second round finish. Second round. Second round finish. Yeah. Al Hassan opened up minus two seventy four. He's minus three forty eight now. Mm. So fairly, fairly decent favorite there. Yeah. Uh, Lazes, Lazes opened up plus two and a quarter. <laughs> he's plus two seventy seven now. So yeah, he's a healthy underdog. Let's see. Al Hassan via knockout or submission minus one eighty eight. Mm. What round are you calling? Second. So yeah, I'm going for a second. Let's dig deeper a little bit. Let's see. Uh, second round. It starts off. Looks like it just. It's another case where it gets better or bigger and bigger each round. First round, Al Hassan win plus one twenty five. Second round plus four fifty. Third round though plus fourteen hundred. So it, it just skyrockets. If, apparently, if he doesn't knock him out in the first two, the, the handicappers don't think he can do it in the third. No. I like it, though. I like it. Plus four. Al Hassan's got some ring rust on him, doesn't he, though? Yeah. It's been I think a while. Face some um, personal charges against him. I, I can't remember what it was at the top of my head. I think it was sexual assault or something i could oh. be wrong but with that like, domestic abuse or sort of thing I, I, I could be wrong but it's, i think it's something something along those lines but yeah ring rust he hasn't fought for a while but i don't know it's it's, it's going to be a good fight the way because they're both very the specialists in their sort of striking department so okay. yeah i'm like i said i'm leaning towards adel hassan on this one all right 
I, I, I don't have a play. I can't, like, I'm on UFC stats looking, and I don't even have a full stat line. Like, Lazes mm. is just, he doesn't have any numbers on him. He's 9-1 mm. no, with, with zero strikes landed per minute, zero striking accuracy. <laughs> like, they don't have any stats on him. <laughs> so, is this his first UFC fight, or is it just a glitch, or what's going on? Uh, um... <laughs> Who Lazes? Yeah, Lazes. Or how have you, I, I'm probably going to butch that name. Um, is this his first UFC fight at the top of my head? I think it might be because, <laughs> with like you said, with a lot of these ones, I think he was originally first supposed to fight a couple months ago, but it was mm-hmm. cancelled. I think yeah, this is his promotional debut because he's used to fighting across Europe and Asia. I think he he's, he's um. He fights out of Dubai or something. I think he's okay. born in Tunisia, so he, he fights in those promotions. But yeah, this is his first UFC fight. Okay, okay. So Dana's Dana's really just you know just, just grabbing warm bodies to throw on the Wednesday card. Is that what? <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Next up, this is another Brit. I believe I think the Welshman John Phillips against Kamzat Jumaev. Uh John Phillips has got a lot of experience in the MMA industry, but he's not. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's a tough one. He hasn't sort of burst onto the scene. He hasn't made a big impact that he's wanted to. I think he's lost a fair few of his recent fights. I think all he's of one them, and three in his last four. Yeah, and I think they were two likes of Bird, Holland, and Marshman. So yes. I think September 2019, he managed to knock out. Oh Christ! When are we going to butch this one? Alan Amadovsky in the first round. So. It's probably going to give him a lot of confidence, but all of his wins have come, the majority of his wins have come inside the distance. So, oh, this is a tough one. I think with Chimaev, he's six now at the top of my head. He trains with Gustafsson, and obviously mm-hmm. if you know Gustafsson, he's just a real UFC veteran. He's fought in there for a while. He's competed at light heavyweight for a while. He makes his heavyweight debut. Mm. against Verdum in a couple of weeks' time, so it'd be good to see him. Um, obviously, like I said, 6-0, he's a, he's, a, he's a well-rounded fighter, but he is stepping in on a, a week's notice because originally I think it was supposed to be uh, Dosko Todorovic. <laughs> so obviously Chemayev is stepping in on short notice, but he could be one of those sort of upcoming prospects this year in terms of when you look at this paper, he hasn't fought much but he's got terrific terrific wrestling he's got great ability on the floor he's got he's got a decent stand-up as well so he's he's a, certainly an up-and-coming promising prospect and I think 6-0 even though he is stepping up a weight class I think naturally his weight isn't at middleweight I think it's well to weight but stepping in 6-0 predominantly a wrestler as much as obviously I would like to back Phillips, because obviously he's a Welshman, <laughs> I'm probably going to go for a Chimaev first round submission. First round. Oh, I like it. Because mm. obviously I think with Phillips, he's not equipped on the floor. I, most of his finishes have come by from knockout. So if he gets caught early on, which Chimaev shooting early on, I think we can see a, a submission because he's just so equipped on the map. Yeah, yeah. He... I'm looking at a stat line, and this could be a misprint mm. over at UFC stats, but yeah. he's got zero takedowns. His takedown defense is 14%. Phillips looks with like... Who? Uh, which, Phillip, which Phillips. Oh, Phillips. Yeah. 
it doesn't look good for him. <laughs> it doesn't no. look good for him. If this goes to the floor. Yeah. Ooh, boy. And it makes sense. Uh, Phillips opened up plus 255. He's plus mm. 275 now. Yeah, and it's just a weird one because you wouldn't think... You, you think that the, the fighter who's had the full count would be the favorite going into this one, but obviously looking at the bets, clearly not. No, no, and Jamave, uh, Jamave, Jamave. <laughs> How the fuck you say it? He opened up <laughs> minus 317. He's mm. minus 346 now. So just he got put on the board and people just took off with it and ran with it. He's minus 346 now. Mm. Uh, first round, Jamave is still minus 188. I'm sorry. Hmm. That's for the TKO submission. He wins by that. He's plus 500 to go decision. So hmm. it looks like that's the most likely outcome. Is it? Is hmm. a early round plus 125 in the first, plus 450 in the second, plus 1400 in the third. There you go. Plus 125. Yeah, they look for an one clearly. Yeah, I like this too. I'm going to follow you on this one. I wanted to, I wanted to take him, but I needed a, I needed a better bet than minus three forty six. So I'll mm. follow you. I'll follow him. Wins by submission or knockout, and in the first round. Yeah. Next up, what do we got? Next up, Ricardo Ramos versus Lerone Murphy, another Englishman fighting on the card. Um, it's going to be a tough night for the British. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Ricardo Ramos, uh, although. Early on in his days, he was more of an established bantamweight. He moved up last year at the top of my head. So I think he submitted, Christ, I'm going to butcher this one, Eduardo <laughs> Caragori uh, to earn the performance of the night, I think it was, on that sort of night. So he's proved that on the ground, he is such a great fighter. He's very dangerous. And I think seven of his... Wins have come via submission, as in like seven wins have come via submission. Mm-hmm. He's 14 and two, I believe, at the top of my head. So he's well equipped on the mat. I think with Murphy, oh, this it's, is it's a tough one because I think his last fight was it was on the Khabib Poirier card in Abu Dhabi, where he fought Khabib's teammate Zubera two goal, and I think that. I think that was a draw, and early yeah, on, it was a draw. Lerone Murphy suffered early on. I think he got knocked down early on, but his cardio, I think, sort of, and his endurance and his pressure sort of got him through that fight and managed to earn the draw. And it, with Tugov, he managed to take down Murphy well and at will, really. So that sort of questions Murphy's defense and, and sort of the takedown ability defense aspect so and with a guy like Ramos you know he just loves to get the fight to the floor so with Murphy he's more of an equipped dangerous striker but Ramos is capable of standing and trading as well so with Ramos I think his best bet is to sort of take it to the floor early on and just sort of work his magic on the mat. As much as I want to back Murphy on this one, I'm going to have to go with Ramos for a first-round submission. That's where my head was at, too. I, I was looking at Ramos. I was looking at the stats. I thought he was clearly more likely to win. And the, and the opening line was Ramos minus 175, Murphy plus 150. But it looks like Murphy's getting some love. Like I said, mm. he was open at 150. He's plus 126 now, so he's getting his betting line's getting worse. Ramos yeah. is minus 146 now, so his is getting better. You know, they mm. want more bets on Ramos for whatever reason. 
So yeah. And obviously I think with Ramp Murphy, he's obviously eight to and one obviously with that draw. He's more equipped, like I said, on the standing, but if Ramos takes him down early on, then you just never know. It could be a tough day for Murphy because he struggles <laughs> with the defence. But I, I want to back my boy, but I, I just can't really back him on this one. It's going to be a tough one. First round? First round, yep. First round. All right. Uh, Pays me to say Ramos first round plus 700. Ramos TKO submission plus 300. Mm. Nice. So you'll be happy. You'll get paid when you watch a fellow, uh, fellow, you know, <laughs> member of the United Kingdom get his ass kicked. So. <laughs> oh, it's not good to see a fellow Brit lose on foreign soil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's keep it. Let's keep it going. I'm, I'm following you on this one too. Hundred percent. I'm following you on that bet. I'm mm. taking taking Ramos in the first. Yeah, we've still got a. I think we've still got like three or four. Yeah, we've still got a fair few fights left. But the next one. I'm, I've been very vocal in social media. I'm, I'm so, 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 so looking forward to this one. It's a light heavyweight clash between Modestus Bukowskis and Andreas Mikuladis. And obviously, if you don't know, I uh, I spoke to Modestus about two weeks ago and he's just, I've never seen a fighter more ready for a promotional debut. And he's just, he's had so many ups and downs in his career. And I think he went, two unbeaten uh, no sorry two and he went on a two fight losing streak early on I think after that fight he suffered a lot of personal issues and I think he was he's in a rough spot and obviously when that sort of happens it's very easy to give up but he went back on his high horse and he's been undefeated since he's won the cage warriors light heavyweight title last year I believe and he defended it uh, against Ricardo Nosiglia so <laughs> He is very good in that sort of aspect. And with Mick, oh Christ, I'm going to butcher the Greek name. And with Andreas, I'm just going to say Andreas. <laughs> he's he's a bit of a, like Modestus, he's a heavy, hard hitter as well. I think following his loss to Meneev, he has finished his next three opponents via first round knockout. So they are very, they're hard hitters in that sort of aspect. Whereas with... Mikuliadis, oh, it's a tough one. He is stepping in on short notice because originally it was supposed to be Marrera facing Modestus. And naturally, in my opinion, Andreas is more of a middleweight. So to step up against a guy like Modestus, who's A, got a couple of inches in terms of the height advantage, 6'3", whereas Andreas like 5'11", 6 foot. He's also got the size advantage over Andreas. And with Bukowskis, he's such a hard hitter. He's very versatile in his striking department. His cardio is crisp. His speed is second to none. So <laughs> with Andreas, his best bet is to sort of get Modestus away early on. But if he doesn't get Modestus away early on, then it's going to be a tough night in the office. Um, I'm going to I'm going to back my boy with Modestus because I've been speaking to him a couple of times since. And he's just very, very, very eager and hungry to get that win <laughs> and sort of put himself in contention for a light heavyweight contentious box he's he, he's trained with john jones before he's just he's so good he's an up-and-coming prospect i've got kalskis via second round tk on this one second round all right mm-hmm. so he opened he opened up minus 256 yeah it's minus 212 now mm. uh andreas opened up plus 212 he's plus 179 now 
So you can see yeah. how it's going. It looks like the money must be coming in on Andreas for whatever reason. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, interesting. I was leaning I Andreas here, too, and I kind of liked that I was on the right side of the money movement, apparently. But I didn't like it mm. enough to bet it. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a tough one, because obviously, like I said, Andreas is more naturally a middleweight, so to step up on short notice... An extra weight division against a guy like Modestus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a tough one, but like I said, that's the British bias within me. I'm backing Modestus all the way, but I, I think on paper, he, he fares well against a guy like Andreas. Modestus to win by KO submission, whatever, uh, minus mm. 110. So not mm. bad, not bad. In the second, plus 500. Mm. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's hope that uh, we don't start talking about the sports sesh curse now. <laughs> yeah, let's hopefully there's, there's not a curse because um, I will be very, very disappointed if Modestus loses. But if he wins, I'll be sure to send him a DM trying to get him on the show again soon because right. he's obviously great to talk to. He's, he's a really nice guy. Oh, cool, cool, cool. All so right. I'll be back in <laughs> Next what? Yeah, I'm still going to lean. I'm still going to lean Andreas yeah. here. I'm not. I'm not going to follow you. On this one. I'm not going to follow you. How could you? <laughs> okay, I'll tell you how sports betting works. If you have a yeah. phenomenal day, you can guarantee the next time out you're going to have a mediocre day. <laughs> yeah, so it's fair to have jinxed it now. Yeah, right, right, right. Is it yeah, too late to change my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Next up, Jerry Gordon versus Chris Fishgold. Oh, Chris Fishgold. I think he's another Brit as well. I've recently, they had the weigh-ins today, and fish gold missed weight by a substantial amount. I think it's about hell? four or five pounds. Holy but, shit. So whether that fight goes ahead or not, it's up in the air. Um, Dana loves it when people don't make weight. He fucking loves it. Yeah, no, it, it does. <laughs> so it, it's going to be a tough one. Um, with Gordon, he's not had the best of luck himself as well because... <laughs> He travelled out to Abu Dhabi, and before his coaches could go out with him, they all tested positive for COVID nineteen. Oh so shit! So he's on his own in Abu Dhabi. But luckily enough, his training partner Paul Felder, he's also a commentator, yeah. supposed to be commentating on um, the fight with uh, Jared Gordon and Chris Fishgold and the whole event. The UFC have allowed him to sort of act as his cornerman, sort of obviously take time away from that fight rather than being a commentator and being his corner men for that fight. So fair play to the UFC for that one. But, um, Oh, that's nice of them. Yeah. I would have reached but, out to Mike Perry and get his, get his staff. Yeah. Let's see if, um, Joe Gordon's got his partner with him. See if she's uh, any good on go. that aspect. But yeah, go. taking the leaf out of Mike Perry's book, but with Chris Fishgold, He's a former featherweight champion in the Cage Warriors. They all seem to do well at Cage Warriors, and they all sort of get picked by the UFC. And I think he lost on his UFC debut to Cater's, obviously fighting in the main event. Um, but he's been all right since. He's had a mixed sort of record in the UFC. He's, he's, he's done okay, I guess. But um, he's more equipped on the map, whereas... Um, I think Jared Gordon at the top of my head, he's he's sort of naturally, he likes to favour move to lightweight, so he's a bigger bloke compared to Chris Fishgold. He's got a bit of a decent enough striking game, whereas Fishgold, he's sort of going to look to take the fight to the floor and sort of pick apart 
Gordon in that sort of aspect. Okay. Uh, I think oh, it, it's a tough one. Gordon's very explosive, but if he gets caught early on in terms of fish goal taking him down, it can be, like I said, with the old predictions, with the takedown guys, I think we'll see a submission via first round in favour of fish goal. You're taking fish goal in the first? Mm-hmm. Oh, first man. round submission. That fat bastard is going to lay on top of him. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, so the sort of not making weight might favor him because he's obviously the bigger bloke going into it, but hmm. <laughs> if the fight does go ahead, yeah, I'm going for fish gold five submission. Let's see. Gordon opened up minus 120. He's minus 145 now. Fish hmm. gold opened up plus 105. He's plus 126 now. So yeah. it's moving in the line. It's moving towards Gordon where the, the money must be coming in. Let's see. Fish gold to win by submission plus 175. Hmm. Interesting. In the first, let's let's see if we can double up on that. Fish gold in the first, it would be plus four fifty. Mm. That's if the fight goes ahead. <laughs> Touch wood. Yeah, right. I was leaning Gordon in this one, but it, I didn't have enough. Uh, the stats weren't quite there. I'm still playing with no. this. I'm still playing with this, trying to see if I can figure this out. The stats weren't quite there for me to pull the trigger, so I was a lean for Gordon on me. Yeah. All right, got you in. Again, that could be the sort of British bias within me coming out. So, sort of make of that as you will. You, you, I don't mind if you back uh, if you back Gordon with this one. Well, if there's a bunch of Brits fighting, we have to get somebody on here who doesn't like the. We'll have to get a French guy. On. We'll have to get a French guy on here. <laughs> oh God, not the French, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the next one, uh, Diana Belbita versus Liana. Jajua, probably butchered that one. It's a flyweight belt. Um, with Diana, she was on a four-fight win streak going into a UFC debut against the main card Brit prospect, Molly McCann. Obviously, Molly McCann defeated her via decision. So, with Diana, I think this <laughs> she's got three inches of height and six-inch reach on Jajua, so that's probably going to help Diana a lot in this fight and I think with Joe Jua she pretty badly underperformed on the UFC debut and she thinks she lost for a decision off the top of my head so uh, they're, they're very they're more equipped strikers but whereas with Belbita she likes to she's not great in terms of her takedown defence she can she's very she's very exploitive on the back and she does sort of give up easily on the mat. She can be submitted easily, but with Jujua, that gives us some hope, but because she's got a less of a height advantage and the short reach over Diana, I think Diana is sort of going to control the pace of the fight in terms of the striking and sort of outpick her and outpoint her. I'm going for a bell beater via decision. Beater via decision. Sorry, I was just looking at I was looking at Liana's pictures. I was a little distracted. Um, <laughs> Diana opened up plus one fifty, or excuse me, minus one fifty six, minus hmm. one seventy five. Now Liana opened up plus one thirty five. She's plus one forty seven now. So Diana opened up as a favorite. It's moving exactly kind of like you'd expect. She's fifteen cents worse. I don't. Has it been a while since these two? Has either of these have fought? Because I can't really find a whole lot of data on them. Has it been a while? Yeah, no, I think Belbita 
I think at the top of my head, her last fight was against Molly McCann. I think that was last year, mm-hmm. I think September in um, yeah, September 2019, I think, whereas with Liana, I'm probably going to search that one up because I'm not sure at the yeah, top of my head, but I think I, I'm agreeing with you. I think it's been a while since we've seen her, but she's seven and three. She's not as active as she should be. Um, yeah. Her last <laughs> fight, again, I think it was a month before um, they'll be to last four. So September 2019, and I think she lost by a, a, a TKO to Sarah So mm. Again, yeah, both fighters haven't fought in nearly a year. So ring rust again could play a factor into that one. But well, you're kind of hoping for the you're kind of hoping for the ring rust. You're kind of hoping for a fight that doesn't really take off mm. and just kind of makes it to the decision, right? So mm. that's what you're hoping for. Uh, Belbita wins via decision plus one fifty. It's, mm. it's not bad. Not bad. Two more fights. Yes, two more fights. Uh, next up is Jack Shaw versus Aaron Phillips, and Jack Shaw is a Welshman. So obviously, he's another Brit on today's card, and he is honestly for MMA fans who don't know. Well, particularly American fans. Obviously, Cage Warriors is the UK's sort of number one, the Europe's number one promotion. I think with Jack Shaw, he's a bantamweight and he's twelve and zero. And I think he, he he won the title and defended it as well with a third round submission over Scott Malone. He is a sensation. He is certainly one to look out for in that bantamweight division. And he's finished. 11 out of his 12 opponents. So I think the one that took him to a decision was Vaughn Lee, who used to fight in the UFC. So Jack Shaw, he's definitely, mark my words, certainly one to watch. And I think Aaron Phillips, he is, he's, he went on 0-2 a couple of years back and he suffered a fair few injuries and a few defeats. And I think... On the top of my head, I believe he hasn't fought for nearly three years. And I think it's going to be a tough one. He was originally, Jack Shaw was originally supposed to fight DeSantos, but on a week's notice, Phillips decided to step in. So there might be a bit of ring rust with Phillips. Uh, he did all right early on in his career, Phillips, but he's just been up and down since. He is 12 and 3, so he's got a decent record, but he's been up and down recently, whereas with the. To Josh the Tank Shaw is just a huge prospect of that division. I think, in terms of a matchup, I think the UFC have given Shaw a reasonable matchup. And to fight a guy like Jack Shaw on short notice, it's certainly really going to be tough around Phillips. And I'm going for Shaw by a second round submission because he's just so dominant on the floor as well as his uh, stand up game. I'm going to go the other way. This is not going to be a tough fight. What? It's not so going to be a for, tough fight. You go for Phillips. Uh, th- on paper, this looks like the biggest mismatch of the entire card. Really? Shore should kick his ass. Oh, no, I'm not going the other way against you. I'm saying I'm going the other way. This is not going to be a tough fight. Jack Shore should, oh, he should cruise so you're, you're, through this. You agree with me? Yeah. Shore looks like, and Vegas reflected this. Uh, when I put in the stats, I was like, oh, my God. And then I looked at the line. I was like, well, it makes sense. Jack Shore opened at minus 598. He's minus 690 now. So even at, yeah. fi- even at minus 598, people were willing to throw their money on it. He's minus 690 now. Phillips opened up plus 430. He's plus 480 now. 
Mm. So this looks like it should be a massacre. Just a massacre. Yeah, 100%. Because with um, Phillips, he hasn't fought in the UFC since 2014. He got released and he hasn't... He's had a couple of decent fights across various promotions since, but... Yeah, sure. I've, I've got back my man on this one. He's just such a prospect up and coming. And this is just going to be a complete dominant performance from Jack Shaw. Jack Shaw to win by submission knockout minus 163. That's a lot better than minus 690. I'm going to follow you on that. If it goes to, if it ends in the second for Jack Shaw plus 400. Hmm. But it's uh, plus 160 if it ends in the first. So <laughs> it looks like, yeah, it might be even faster than, yeah. <laughs> this is apollo creed versus drago this is what it looks like paper <laughs> right last fight last but not least the light heavyweight bout between jorge gonzalez and kenneth berg uh gonzalez 16 and 4 and i think last year he got his arguably the biggest win of his career and he locked out uh, knocked out the ufc veteran in luke barnett so I think he's he's fought across various promotions, Jorge. So I think at the top of my head, oh, uh, he was supposed to. I think someone stepped in on short notice. I think Germany's Timo Foyt was supposed to fight, and um, Kenneth Burke, who's eight and he got into the UFC via the Contend series, and. I think he suffered a first round submission loss to Antonio Trigoli, but obviously with the contender series, I don't think in terms of your professional career record, it doesn't, it doesn't count. count. It doesn't count. No. no, it doesn't count unless obviously once you fight in the UFC, then it starts to count. So yeah. he's 8-0 in that sort of aspect. And um, it'll be interesting to see. I think he's from Norway. So there's another European on that card. And Berg's best bet with this one is to sort of take the fight to the floor. He's very aggressive on the mat. Um, whereas with Jorge, he's a technical striker and he just loves to put the pressure on his opponents. Whereas with, like I said, with Berg, he likes to be the aggressive early on and sort of take the fight to the floor. And I think with Gonzalez, his best bet is to sort of finish it with RTKO, what have you. But if he gives up his back early on or gives Berg an opportunity to take him down. I think we'll see Berg win this one by a first round submission. That's my prediction. Berg first round. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I think Berg takes this fight too. What I'm seeing here, he opened up minus 150. He's minus 162 now. So yeah. I got no problem. I got no problem laying that. I got no problem betting Berg minus one. Uh, Jorge mm. opened up minus or plus 130. He's plus 140 now. So the lines are moving like you'd expect. Berg seems to me to be the better fighter. Like I said, I have no problem taking even the no. minus 162. Uh, Berg via TKO submission, minus 105. Mm. So you'd, st- you'd like to get a plus line there, but no, they're not giving it to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it finishes in the first round, plus 200 for Berg. And then it just goes, yeah. it goes up from there, plus 550, plus 1400. Mm. All right. So there we go. There we go. Yeah. Give me Berg. Berg first round submission but yeah like you said earlier I probably jinxed the whole card now so <laughs> it's just it's just shit happens shit happens man All as right. long as the Brits win a muffy some of them will win <laughs> couple 
All right. What else, what's going on with you? Anything? Um, well, no, nothing much. I think in an hour or so's time, I've got a interview with uh, MMA, well, MMA sensation Anthony Romero. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he fights across American sort of Canadian promotions. He's seven and zero. He's twenty three at the top of my head, and mm. it's good to get him on really because he fights on the Contender Series next month, which is a nice. big sort of breakthrough. So, like I said, seven and zero. He's he's an upcoming lightweight prospect and it'd be interesting to see what is where's head where's his head is at excuse me where's head is at ahead of his Dana White contender series because this is a big deal obviously if you win you can get a great payday as well as a great contract to the UFC so you know it should be good to talk to him and obviously that will be done on the Sports Sesh podcast in an hour's time and we'll probably look to get that up by late tonight or early tomorrow. Yeah. I, I always put the link to your podcast in, in the description here. So just look down. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, no, the Facebook group link is look down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ask him if the producers have talked to him at all. Like, you know, I mean, it's a reality TV show. Do the producers give him any pointers, hints to be more. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a bit of a funny one. Cause I was going to ask that one because yeah. about, I was supposed to come on last week, but his um, yeah. agent emailed me to say he's gone. He went to Vegas to do a fight shoot, mm-hmm. potentially with the UFC. So I could talk to him about that and obviously what that experience was like. So it'd be interesting to see yeah. how he got the call from Dana and all that. And yeah, yeah. I'd really like to know if the producers give you any hints or clues about you know maybe uh, developing a character or persona that's more uh, you know camera friendly. Mm. He probably won't talk mm. about it because he's trying to get the goddamn contract, but. You can, yeah, <laughs> you, can, you can ask. You can slip in. <laughs> All right, man. Is there anything else you want to tell us before I kick you out of here? Uh, obviously, with UFC 251, we've got a card within the space of a couple of days, and it's, it's on paper for a Wednesday card. It's all right, and then we've got another one on Saturday, so we've got a couple of yeah. great stat cards over Fight Island. So. With this whole pandemic going on, we've struggled with sports, and the UFC have blessed us with a couple of events in the space of two weeks. So yeah, it's this is certainly not one to overlook. On it's worth yeah, a watch. Not at all. All right, man, get out of here, James. <laughs> Take care, mate. Thank you very much for having me on again. Information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations. Under no circumstances will the owner-operators of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its contents. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.